1: Hello, I'm Lisa Owen, and this is Caucus. My day jobs normally presenting on the nation and working for News Hub. And Wendy
0: is. Hi, I'm Tim Watkin. I'm um, series um, podcast producer here at RNZ, and I'm Guyon Espiner.
1: What's the time, what Guyon? Do? What, do do? <laughs> what do you do for a day that job? Thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah, early, hey, early morning. I
2: report from the morning in the creatively named Morning Report, what? and it's what is it? About twelve minutes to ten.
0: All right. This Let, is number nine of caucus, can you believe it?
1: Yeah, actually, I can. <laughs> it has been a busy few weeks and the thing this week is Winston Peters, the Winston master, Peters. The master of using leaks for political gain. Has been well caught in a leak, it seems. Um, this is all over his superannuation and the fact that he was apparently well, he was getting more than he was entitled to, and he he paid it back. But boy, did he come out swinging about this, didn't he?
0: This is Winston Peters on uh, um, Morning Report, your program <laughs> guy. Um, if you remember that, um, early this week.
1: It's clear to me that someone is breaking the law and leaking from my ID. That's what became very obvious from a journalist. Call me, and he wasn't the first one. And when I realized what was going on, that's a crime itself. So, you know, I'm not interested in that. I was interested in fixing up an error, which happens frequently. And I've since been told by someone that they've had it happen twice to them.
2: You're somewhat of an expert, though, on superannuation. So, how is it that you didn't notice the overpayment?
1: Because they gave me the figure on the first payment, and I'd never after I never kicked it again. On the first time that I received it, I gave me a note setting out what I would get, I never had any court to check it, why would I?
2: Have you had to reaffirm your details your status every year, is that something that you've had to go through?
0: No so that was Winston Peters with um, Susie Ferguson on a morning report on Monday. The, the story, as you say, Lisa, has since become very much about the leak and how that worked.
1: I think he's got off um, pretty lightly with this because he's come back right, with really sharp left right hook and, and dug into the media big time, saying that they're basically dragging him through the mud. It's inappropriate that there's a leak. But hang on a minute. He got paid money he was not entitled to. Yes, he has paid it back, but show me the forms, Winston.
2: And also someone who, as Susie pointed out in that interview, must be one of the foremost experts on superannuation in New Zealand. He's gone around the country talking about where the floor of superannuation sits. He knows how it's linked to the average wage and goes up and down in accordance with that. Here's a guy who knows all the details of super. So... Uh, You know, you're cutting him a bit of slack to say he didn't know what the rate would be and you're also cutting him a lot of slack to say he couldn't fill out a form properly because he has been Deputy Prime Minister and Treasurer of New Zealand and been in politics for 40 years, but isn't it? It's a bit like a guy in his 3,000th test match. The high ball goes up and bounces, and instead of scurrying away uh, uh, out of bounds, it pops up nicely for him. Yeah, it and does into his arms, and he keeps on running. It's extraordinary the way that the ball has bounced for Winston yep. Peters that he is on the front foot with this, and everyone else is running for cover. And I guess <laughs> the most important
0: thing for him on that is that MSD came out very clearly and said. This issue has been resolved, so that 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 cleared him away. Um, and there's no evidence that in that first form he filled out that he did anything wrong. It's it's there, that there was any intent in no. There's there's there's, yeah. there's nothing I think that suggests but that. Uh, it's it's that question that you do get checked every year, and why he he wasn't also, paying attention to his But it's also
1: a question of t- transparency. I'm sorry, this is a man who has used that word transparency. Uh, if he s- said it once, he said it a hundred times in the house, and his his approach to this was to. L- really go on the attack with the journalists involved and saying, oh, XYZ is a junior reporter, what do they know about this? Well, the facts were correct. He was overpaid. For some reason, he was overpaid. And I feel for once that... um, agreeing with uh, David Seymour from ACT, who says he, if he wants to lay it to rest, show us the documents, show what he did. Yes, he's paid it back, but he has his USA guy on, snatched this back and turned it right around. And it is a battle cry to his supporters who will like the fact that he's in this argy-bargy yeah, with the media. And
2: here's a guy who's complaining about his personal details being leaked out, who's traded on leaked information his entire career, who currently is in receipt of 450 yep. text messages, presumably link, leaked from a telco the metadata. to, yeah, or, or, the, or the text messages themselves. He won't say, will he? He mm. won't say whether he's got those messages or not. Who got back into Parliament uh, in 2011, basically on the um, drama around a privately recorded conversation that the Prime Minister had, and any number of other uh, leaks that he's traded yeah. in. So it is a bit ironic to hear him saying that he's somehow the victim in this, but that's the way he's spun it. And um, he's ended the week, hasn't he? Um, as a someone on the front foot on this issue.
0: Yep, he is. He's, he's, I think he's probably feeling pretty happy, Happy. much happier than he was probably a week ago. And it's interesting that he must have known this would float around and come out at some point. And so it's an interesting choice to have, to have waited and let it come out the way it did. But anyway, he is on the front foot um, mm. and he's in a position now where the polls keep showing um, that he is going to actually still be that kingmaker, queenmaker role, right? He could be the decider. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, interesting to think about how he
2: may conduct himself in those negotiations because we've seen two different, very different sets of negotiations when Winston Peters has been involved. We saw a 40, 50-page document in 96 with every uh, policy nailed down, and then we've had the more modern ones where he hasn't asked for much at all and secured a ministerial post and not really asked for a lot in policy. What do you guys think about how he might actually conduct the negotiations this time?
1: Well, he's always said that he'll go to the um, largest party first and then work his way back from there. I think he's presenting himself this time around as the responsible citizen who's not going to keep New Zealanders waiting. He doesn't want to spook the horses because, as you'll remember, we all chased after him for weeks and weeks on end, um, and he has said that basically there's a three-week period for him to sort out what he's going to do. But I did find it really interesting. There was a finance... um, Debate last night, which Winston was in. It's the first time we've seen Winston up against a government minister in this election campaign. And there was argy-bargy over the leak. Now, I say this because it's, it's related to how he might negotiate with, say, National after the fact. He was very, very... Firm with Stephen Joyce about the fact that he believed the leak, uh, the leak had come from them. It was appalling behaviour, etc., etc. But earlier in the week, he has said it's not going to stop him negotiating with the National Party. He's keeping his his options open, and I find that a really interesting dynamic because there he was nigh on feral with Stephen Joyce last night, and then you're all going to sit around the table and say, "Okay, what are you going politi- to give me?" Isn't that politics <laughs> though?
0: Isn't, isn't that? Yeah, I think yeah, it means. He's playing it's, playing you disagree. It. He's playing it disagree on until you do
2: It's interesting because I've been in a lot of these debates, and you'll hear some people making very good, sophisticated arguments about how, oh no, <laughs> he doesn't like so and so because they were the second person to yep. second a motion against him in ninety X or whatever it was. Doesn't matter. I think you f- can forget. You can waste a whole lot of time th- talking about who Winston likes and doesn't like. And yep. You can waste a lot of time talking about who his colleagues drink with. You know, and these are interesting theories. In the end, you've got no idea who he's. going <laughs> Going to go with we 've got it yeah. wrong previously massively yes. let 's all admit it ninety six the media thought he was going to go with labor because he because they took him uh, not literally to his word but all the sentiment all the traffic all the was was unfit to govern Bolge was unfit for govern to was saying that they wouldn 't sit around a cabinet table with Jenny Shipley and bill Birch etc etc, and he ended up going with labor in two thousand and five no one saw him picking foreign minister no one saw him pick pick that. So it's a mugs game trying to try' to, to predict what winston the, peters will do
0: it it, it is, but but <laughs> i 'm still going to play it slightly for a second because the all the New Zealand first people i've spoken to over the years the big best insight i 've had is this idea of Winston as a constitutionalist, and I think that's a really useful thing to ponder. He wants a mandate he needs to he's actually quite conservative and quite and takes quite seriously his constitutional role in forming governments and I think we can for all his game playing. That's a bit we can give him some okay, credit but about in, how serious In
2: 2005, is. before the election, he laid out quite a considered speech talking about that constitutional position and said that it was constitutional convention that he negotiate first with the largest party. Yep. You can set that out. Yeah, Anyone can Google that speech from 05 yeah, and have a and look at it. And do you know what he said in that speech? And New Zealand first will sit on the crossbenches. And, and what he did he do? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, so exactly. it's great. So Everyone you, can have sure. their evidence. You can stack it all up and it sounds brilliant. And, and you go, yep, that's that's right. But But history shows and tells us that we just simply cannot occupy the space... No.
0: no. Which is... Between his, his ears. Yeah, we but, can't. No, <laughs> no but no.
1: I would say if he wants a mandate and he talks about going to the largest party first... First. First, yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. doesn't say that that's no. where he's going to no, rest. No. He's just going to start the conversation. But here's a mandate for Mr Peters. Um, if you look at the um, way his voters vote, so of the people who party voted New Zealand first... Thirty-seven and a half percent of of his supporters voted for a Labor candidate, and only eighteen and a half percent of his supporters voted for a National candidate. So there's a mandate for you, Mr.
2: Peters. Mm. And and how seriously are we taking these these bottom lines? Um, <laughs> well, there, there are many of them. There, you, there you, are. You, you've I been digging think, around in this. Topic. The list I, is I, have I
0: have a bit. I still. I, I, I'd say also that I the observation mm-hmm. I'd make about Winston finally is. Um, do you go into a fourth-term government or do you go into a first-term government? That's got to be a question way on his mind, and I'll just leave you to think ponder about that. Well,
1: well Tim, for, for people who are listening, well, He chose
0: but a third-term in 1996. He did. Yeah. He, he did a chose a third-term term term government in 2005. In, in a fourth-term so, government? I, but anyway, you're right. The bottom lines, um, which I have here, the, well, there are some really interesting things because... Obviously, when you go into negotiations, he's he comes with a lot, a lot of baggage, um, and um, I've been going through back over his bottom lines. Well, there's there's a few hanging over from 2014, but um, which would include the Kiwi Saver Fund, um, a, a public Kiwi Saver Fund called Kiwi Fund. Um, he talked then about at the bottom line about the buying back state assets. Um, and uh, especially the, the power companies. And, of course, there's the foreign land register, which we no one's talking about this time. But he, remember, he's always stood for a foreign land owner's register, um, buyer's register. But in this campaign, yeah, this campaign, we've got uh, mandary entry to Pike River Mine. We've got, of course, the Reserve Bank Act reform, which, again, he, to be fair to him, goes back to 2008, saying that the Reserve Bank Act would not be based purely on inflation but other issues as well. We've got a rail link between Whangarei and Auckland. And now, uh, as of today, a port, uh, Northport moving Auckland's port to Northport near Whangarei. Uh, Not changing the age of eligibility for New Zealand super, of course, from 65. Um, We've got a referendum on abolishing Māori seats. I'm not finished yet. A referendum (laughs) on abolishing Māori seats. We've got a referendum on reducing a number of MPs to 100. Um, We've got the Christchurch Cathedral rebuild. We've got police, 1,800 more police as soon as they can be retrained. Um, And there's some RMA repeal in there. And don't
1: forget Mangawhai, that just came up um, in the last couple of days. This is the Mungify mm. ratepayers who are um, facing huge bills over um, wastewater, etc. He made a, another... The list keeps growing. And I, I don't suppose. know
0: whether you'd call this a bottom line or not, but he has talked to uh, uh, this campaign also about the repeal of the anti-smacking legislation, yes. which is back on the table, but whether that's a bottom line is is, is uncertain. So, so if, if that's is, the list, if is as possible...
2: Um, the two big parties are let's just say for argument's sake, drawn at forty ish each, yep. or, you know pretty much head to head. What are we going to see? Weeks of negotiation, trying to see who will give him the most of those of those bottom lines.
1: Potentially, but I mean, you, you saw it this morning with the port, and I think this is an interesting illustration of how negotiations might work. You had Phil Twyford on, and you had um, Simon, Simon Bridges, Bridges on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So neither of them were prepared to commit to anything around the port, and had the car in reverse and were screaming away from that at the rate of knots. And that is the point I would make. Unless. Unless someone breaks the line and says, yeah, we'll give you the port, it's simply not in play. So if both of the major parties say, nah, that's not on our list... Yeah, but
2: he'll, he'll negotiate, as he did last time, in secret with both of yeah. them, and neither side will will know what the other side's offering him. But he he can
1: give it a good guess in some ways and some of the things that are more conscience related, should we say, I think are going to be the trickier things. For example, Pike River, because he has really stood his ground and championed the re-entry into that mine. Mm. Bill English has said a couple of open-ended things, I would say, at best around Pike River. He said that um, he's seen no new information that is it's it's safe. Whereas on the other hand, Labor's already signed up look, to that. I, I think
0: you look at that list of bottom lines and as it stands, it's much more in line with the Labour Party policy, than the National Party policy. But that may or may not be a very good thing because if he then can get National to buy into some of those things, he can claim credit for them, whereas he can't necessarily claim credit if if Labour yeah. are already agreeing. Well, so you can you can argue both ways, again, on that one.
1: You can, but if you look at a couple of simple things, right, so mm-hmm. abolishing the Māori seats, in the interview with you, on earlier in the week, um, Bill English says...
2: Yeah, not going to happen. No, policy no. And
1: and uh, Jacinda and Dune Calvin Davis were on the nation. They said no, nope. Marty will decide about that. So that boom, that's gone. She hasn't gone quite as far to give a kind of John Key type promise, but Jacinda Dune's pretty firm on super at sixty five, not on her watch. And the thing is, Bill English has a an out there as well because it's not due to come in until after you know down the track, sure. and the vote will happen. After that's one of the clauses with all these bottom so lines. That's, is that's gone? They don't have Let, to happen in the take first that term.
0: Off.
1: <laughs> you know, so there you go. You just can work your way through the um, the negotiations.
0: Yeah, yeah. and you, you can, can just
1: see how it's going to unfold. You can
0: talk about it happening in, in five, ten, twenty years. time, And they've can't all
1: you? drawn the line and said that. Well, one more definitively than the other about keeping them away from the country's finances.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> they have. So. And while all the talk has been about Winston Peters this week, or a lot of it, there's been some big policies slipped by with not a lot of of other attention. I mean, the two big parties writing out checks as well, aren't they, Lisa? And a lot of it's focused
0: on this, you know, hallowed middle ground. Yeah, Um, well, let's play these clips, because this is the two education policies, which were the the hallmark ones this week. Um, We'll start with National's education policy.
1: Mr English also announced the education package which is a four-point plan that includes an expansion to national standards, digital academies and internships for senior secondary students, more resources for maths and a guarantee that all primary school pupils will be able to learn a second language if they choose
2: to. National is always looking to the future. Our teachers and our schools work so hard to create opportunities for our children. These measures, implemented by a re-elected national government, will further push ahead for our children, further help more of them to reach their potential.
0: So national there, very much on their, on their safe ground, of potential giving opportunity to families. Uh, and then Labour came along a couple of days later with its education policy. We announced
1: uh, a couple of years ago now, under the leadership of Andrew Little, that we wanted to
0: change access to post-secondary education. That meant, over time, making that first three years of study free. That was our commitment. I'm here to announce that when Labor takes office, we will bring forward that first free year
1: of that policy so that from 2018, everyone who hasn't studied
2: before will have their first year of study for free.
1: I think there's a couple of interesting things in there. First, one of them was actually appealing to the students themselves, and the other one mm. was appealing to the parents yeah, of the point. students. Yeah. So uh, that was the slight difference in there. With National, I mean, Bill English can often look uncomfortable in public situations, but chuck a kid in his direction. and he, <laughs> He's had some experience. He's had some experience, <laughs> and he knows what he's doing. So we've seen this week a lot of shots of him at um, childcare facilities as well, because obviously they've announced um, uh, an extension to paid parental leave so he's back in his comfort zone he rolled out his kids so he was appealing to families who with children who've got kids going to school but I kind of think they may have missed the mark because there was massive pushback from the teaching sector after this policy was announced you know you're talking about digital academies and um, reviews to national standards and putting your kids results on an app when some people are scratching their heads saying well we've got Nikki Kay herself says we've got about 300 teachers short in Auckland. You've got kids being taught in prefab classes all around the country. I did a story on Murray's Bay, which was full of mould and asbestos and what have you. Um, And you've got teachers who are teaching subjects that they're not experts in. So I kind of think that this Mm. this policy had quite a bit of blowback.
2: Yeah, I mean, it sounded good, some of the aspects of it, didn't it? The second language learning um, sounded quite good, but they were pretty woeful on the detail. There was no...
1: Paddy Gow caught him massively on the hop with that. Had when no he had no idea him, when it no. was
2: going to come in and uh, I heard a number of journalists say that they had not seen National so ill prepared for a policy statement and I wonder if part of this is because they are now in party mode. They don't have the apparatus of the state behind them because these are party announcements. They haven't yeah. been through Cabinet, they haven't been through Ministries and so they are a little, bit, um, a little bit on the fly. I wasn't terribly impressed with either of the Blue or the Red team on, on this stuff. To be honest, I mean, Labor's uh, staff too is a bit a bit timid. I don't think it fully comes in till 2024. So it's kind it of does. Like, it does. Yeah, it's mm. they brought it for
1: just a year. Yeah. yeah,
2: so it's 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 not quite. Let, let's do this. It's let's do this later. <laughs> um, let's get around. <laughs> to, let's to, get <laughs> around to this eventually, <laughs> <But> <laughs> to a degree. So so you know. I <laughs> <it> mean, was, <laughs> and we are all hanging out for this big sort of yeah, youthquake this is big play. Did big you know? And I know it's been an intense election campaign, but they hardly got a lot of a lot of coverage. No, and I
1: think there was a couple of things with that. Obviously, when the books were opened, everyone discovered that there wasn't as much money. money. So they they would have perhaps had to modify their intentions or plans. But I also think this was an interesting policy because it's 50 bucks in your hand, right? The Labour allowance policy. Yeah, you get 50 bucks in your hand and you can borrow another 50 bucks for your living costs. I mean, the issue is obviously always been about burgeoning student debt, about $15 billion of um, debt, you know, three quarters of a million students who have these loans. But I also think there is potentially a downside to this with voters as well. And Stephen Joyce picked up on it straight away, sharp as a whip, saying he'd been at some factory. And he said, well, the choice now is, is obvious for for you you can you know vote for this kind of policy but that's going to take money away from the the workers in this factory, the people I've just seen down the road, and I think that will resonate with some people, and perhaps some people who are in their um, late thirties into their mid forties who maybe still have student loans from the time that they paid for them because of Labor's other policies. I don't
0: buy entirely buy all of that. I, I agree that maybe it hasn't got the cut through one expected, but I mm. think actually we're talking about some really big spending policies here. Well, from both, um, si- from both yeah, sides, from both exactly. sides. You look at I, look, I, I, I take this with a grain of salt because it's uh, taxpayer union figures um, who are very much a right wing lobby group but they've they do a briber meter and, and, yep. and do the do the the spending at the last election the spending so far at this election and if you just take those um, uh, as at least equal comparisons the the labor is promising three times what it did at the 2014 election already mm-hmm. um, nationals promising five times what it did at the last election by their comparative figures and I think when you look at the politics of this this is a bidding election it is national yep. national is saying Um, we have done the hard yards, now we have choices, right?
2: And that is what we're going to move into when we see the first of the Mm -hmm. debates tonight, isn't it? Um, Now, TV1 obviously has this debate, the leaders' debate tonight, and TV3 goes on Monday, is it, Lisa? Yeah, it goes on Monday. Uh, Yeah, With with the head-to-head debates. And they will want to have ticked a lot of this stuff off, right, to reduce their vulnerabilities um, when they're attacked on this stuff yeah. in the leaders' debates. Don't we think?
1: Yeah, they will. They want to close off those opportunities to to be kind of picked picked apart, thread by thread. I, you, you know, and this is the first time we're actually going to see um, Jacinda Ardern and Bill English on stage together. And one, I presume, will be. Um, playing on experience and stability, and the other one is going to be playing on this idea of opportunity, you know, some some something into, into the future, fresh, new opportunity. But one has shown themselves to be quite a good communicator. Bill English, not so much on the hop. So this is kind of the first time that we're going to see him under, under the pump, under pressure, directly up against his opponent. And I'm really interested to see... What tone he takes, yeah. what strategy it's he uses. It's a bit uses.
0: of a but field, also, isn't it, it is, for but him. he's also been around this block for for Ardern, She is a new territory to stand Absolutely. up as a leader for the first time, barely born as a leader into this kind of um, cauldron of, of intense debate. English has, has been there, right? He has been grilled many times and has done these debates. We've done them with him before. Ardern, not so much. Don't you think though
2: that she has some expectations to live up to, in that the media has built her up pretty strongly over the the last month as a, as a star? Debates are all about that, managing expectations, yeah, aren't they? So so where is the where is the weight of expectation? Do you think is it um, who's sort of got more to lose? It's, if you like?
0: Well, they, they, English has to look; they both have to play against type, right? English has to look human as well as because we know his experience. Dern has to look experienced because we know she's she's authentic. So they have to actually round themselves out.
2: I think they matter quite a bit this time, perhaps more than previous elections, right? I don't think anyone expected um, David Cunliffe and John Key that that was going to be a uh, you know a, a real contest in that election. No, but or there Phil were Goff some great and, and
1: moments in some of the debates that they, and, and, and those look, two David did. David Cunliffe
2: debated was well. I'm not I'm downplaying David strength. Cunliffe. I yeah. just mean that the, no, the polls exactly. were not like they are now, and nor that were just, no one expected labour. To trump um, key in, in um, just from a viewership point of view,
1: just from a viewership point of view, I mean tallies will be turned on and people will sat down with the, be sat down with their popcorn watching this, yeah. you know, um, which might not have happened if we hadn't oh. had this. <laughs> if, it had um, been, if it had been, if it
2: been Andrew and Bill, <laughs> yeah,
1: if it had been Andrew and Bill, and and um, it's quite funny looking back at some of the old debates which you would um, remember well, Guy, because she did some of them. It, it's there's going to be, you know, technique. I mean, Cunliffe is an example. He interrupted a lot in these things and, and actually got bagged afterwards for not spending enough time on his own policy, spending too much time interrupting his opponent. So a lot of it comes down to uh, technique, not just really what does, you're saying, the... but how you are saying it. How, how
0: do you, I mean, you, as you say, you've done this this guy, and how do they deal with that technique? How do they hone
2: it? Well, you, I did the 2011 debate between John Key and Phil Goff, and Phil Goff was the underdog. And look, first thing to say, it's a high-pressure pres- situation for the Everyone moderator of the debate involved. too. Yeah. It's bloody terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> there are it's a right. million people watching, and you've got a big responsibility, and it's scary. And there's a lot of pressure, and it's live. And I very quickly saw that Phil Gough as the underdog was going to come out swinging. And so he started f- throwing punches around. And so we got one person doing that from one side and John Key wasn't going to meet his eye. Never looked at him. Didn't want to use his name, and so you're in this strange position in this dynamic in the middle. So, it's real human theatre, human battles. It's it's fascinating to watch. and It is pretty interesting to be in the middle of it. Yeah, and,
1: and then I, there's the ad breaks where you've got to kind of <laughs> go, then, then you've got to stand there for two and a half, three minutes, twiddling your thumbs, making making nice, while these people might have been going at each, at each other from from the break, and while, it,
0: while your producers shout in your ear and tell it, you yeah, tell you what where to do to pick next. Up on. Yeah, yeah. But
1: I mean, um, Having just done the miners' debate on the weekend, that was interesting to see how people get in the zone because we had five leaders from the minor parties, all had their own dressing rooms, and it was kind of funny. Two parties ended up in the same room together, which was the Māori Party and Mana, and they had breakfast together. ACT was in its own little war room to on its own. Um swashing with their little swat sheets, yeah, um, having a war council. And uh, Greens, um, James Shaw, was in a room with just a single advisor. When I went looking for Gareth Morgan, and he'd found a piano down the back of the auditorium and he was in full flight playing the piano. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting to see in how ways. people prepare and deal for what is going to be so stressful. There's no take backs, there's no do overs. No. It is live. What comes out of your mouth sticks. Oh,
2: and people remember, I mean John Key he completely wiped out Phil Goff with a, a show me the money moment and then turned yeah. yes. around and did the same thing to, to, Cunliffe da, to David Cunliffe. Yeah. And and where and where was the issue? Tax. Tax, tax yes. And capital gains tax. And yep. I'm sure third who, times
0: the charm? Well I'm sure that, Can they do it um, again? that
2: Bill English, who in my view, and I say this as someone who, who goes up against him uh, in interviews, is better when he's aggressive. You know, when when he's diffident he can get into real trouble but will he have been told well, to this is the to terrain it, it in you mm. know he, he he risks as as an older man let's be honest yep. he he's got there's a dynamic issue there for him isn't there and he has to be careful about being seen to be too too aggressive possibly and yet I think he's better when he is Aggressive, because so I, I don't know how he walks that line. No, you know, I'm and, and very that, interested to see. And that brings yeah. us
0: back in a way to the because there will be a charge of sexism there. And this brings us back to those women voters, which I think the policy stuff we just talked about was so crucial for. This focus on education and health is playing now for the for the, the those middle class women and families who voted for Helen Clark, who who when National softened under Key Keen English, moved and went. yep, yeah, we can live with John Key, and and um. National have worked really, really hard over the past nine years... To hang on to those people yeah, and to have, keep and their I message soft, I off.
2: would say I would say be aggressive because I think it's sexist not to be mm-hmm. and and to, and to treat her somehow as, a, as though she's not a, a valid opponent. Because Don Brash came out after the 05 debate with Clark and said he went easy on her yes, because she was yes, a woman. No, yeah. did he be, get that's a the sexist bit? Yeah, treated treat like any other oppo- up- treated like any other opponent. And in my view, English is better when he actually yeah. has a bit of an elbow and yep. he gets a bit aggressive. A, a, I know there's a
0: dynamic issue there, but. I'd be saying, look... but Ardern will want to be able to. It's, it's her opportunity to look prime ministerial, and part of that will be details. And she will have if she hasn't swallowed up on text to the nth degree, she's a fool. Oh, but she it, but it's also if she, she takes a good brief. I mean, she's. But it's also yeah. these health and education policies. This is a chance for her to these things that haven't got cut through. She wants to repeat those in these debates to get those people who are going. Economic sound Mm. management versus the other part of me that wants... Because a lot of the voters, they're both going for fiscal conservatives but social progressives. She wants them to wear their social progressive hat. He wants them to wear their fiscal conservative hat, they're right? They they want to they it, it, that will be part of who they're arguing for the the, the swing voters and which side of them is going to play out.
1: Yeah, but she's she's also committed herself already to being relentlessly positive. Yes, so she will be watched in in the context of this debate to see if her tactic is negativity, i.e., to strip down, rip down the government that exists, she or won't. focus on her own policy and the positivity. And I have to say, in
2: her her credit, I've seen a lot of politicians in opposition claiming that they're going to be positive and then falling in to the same trap and barking at every car. She has, with extraordinary discipline, stayed away from that to the extent, this was probably missed this week, when I talked to Jacinda Ardern on Morning Report about the Winston Peters leak and the no surprises policy stuff, she said oh you know, I think the public service probably did the right thing by advising their uh, masters of this. So she wasn't even prepared to criticise the government over that. She didn't even get involved in that muckraking. So, I think that's that's a, a, an extraordinary piece of discipline from Jacinda Ardern so far. She has actually lived up to that slogan of being relentlessly positive, and I wouldn't expect her to shift from that now.
1: The mm. other thing I'd point out, though, so we saw an example of this earlier the week, this week. You did a, uh, an interview with Bell English, twenty minutes, one mm. of the one of the longest chunks of time you'll yep. get for an interview these days. While well, the TV3 debate is ninety minutes long that's 90 minutes where you will get mm, at least 50 50 something questions I would imagine thrown mm. at you in that time mm. you have absolutely no idea what's coming at you from the moderator or Or the person standing next to you And you have to sustain that For that extended period of time It will be like rounds in the boxing ring
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Looking forward to it Can't wait (laughs) 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 That's tonight uh, The TVNZ debate And then the TV3 debate on Monday Um, Look guys, thanks everybody for listening this week Um, Our music is by Copra Music We'll be back again next week uh, With more thank you to Jeremy and to Blair In the the control room there Thanks you guys for coming in